This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Jackson's there, Billy did! The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life! Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is! Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Rupi and Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stiffer Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Welcome to episode 101 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Yet again, a double game week and yet again, a podcast tinged with some sort of misery. This past week, poor old Pontus Janssen claimed he'd had two fights with Huddersfield Town fans. Let's hope for his own safety that he ran a mile like in 2017 when confronted by a teenage Izzy Brown and a five foot seven inch Elias Kachunga or when he's set to appear in a big game. But uh, seriously, if true, not cool. But at least the town fans seem to have some fight in them because the team certainly didn't last night as we crashed to our heaviest defeat in 34 years since the 10-1 at Main Road. Uh, Whereas last night, Lee Hendry took on the overbearing role of Snow White. Four of the seven dwarfs have turned up for this podcast to masochistically rake through the ashes of what, quite frankly, was a complete shit show. Uh, Today, we've got Grumpy, Apathetic, Anger and Cozzy. I'm referring to, of course, myself, Matt, Simon. And, oh, Cosy, there we are. So good evening, everyone, and how are we doing? And good evening to everybody online who's joined us to uh, yeah, B, for this the, punishment. B, B team were 2 nil up. I'm all about positives, me, as everyone else. Did they oh, see they got three, through? mate. They were three at one point. Yeah, four nil. Kit Elliott got a hat-trick, didn't he? But, 
Yeah, you're only okay. as good as your last game. The B team is where it's at, boys. <laughs> Might go watch them instead. Uh, okay, let's get this. Uh, let's get last night out of the way. It was uh, 90 minutes that turned me into the uh, the Scottish mum. Uh, no one flushed the toilet meme. Disgusting. Uh, for 90 minutes, I'm just <laughs> over and over just saying that. <laughs> it, was, it was a bad time. So Norwich City 7, Huddersfield Town 0. Uh, there's no way really to describe this other than a complete disgrace, to be honest, start to finish. Uh, the team selection I thought was poor from Carlos. Uh, I felt like this was a bit like Bournemouth where he, he went in with an already defeated attitude, if you like, and the selection kind of mirrored that a little bit. Um, I don't know how many times Lewis O'Brien has to struggle at left wing back before Carlos realises it's a bit of a bad idea. Um, and hopefully it's not ruined uh, Lewis O'Brien's recent uh, momentum because he's been excellent lately, to be uh, to be fair to Lewis. Uh, to ask the team to press high up the pitch and go man for man, exposing the slowness of Stearman and Keogh at the back uh, was what you would potentially call football suicide. And if any particular analyst has highlighted that as a, a weakness of Norwich, then they maybe need to be analysed themselves. Um Yes, especially with so many passive players as well in the side. Then to not change that till we were 5-0 down was completely <laughs> incredible. Um, the only bright spot really for me was that of Sorba Thomas. He came on and, and had a bit of a go. And Scott High, you know, Scott High did quite well as well. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that we turned up, knew we were going to get beat and intended on a bit of damage limitation, but tactically royally messed up. I'll throw that over to uh, to you, Simon. Yeah, I mean, where to start? <laughs> Um, embarrassing is the first word that comes to my mind it's embarrassing um, tactically is naive the right word I mean, I mean naive at best but kind of um, I think the point around them not changing it um, is a very valid one um, we just kind of exposed all our weaknesses and everything arguably we've done perhaps in the last few weeks kind of been more defensively secure disciplined felt like it went completely out the window and um, I still haven't quite got my head around it in truth <laughs> shell shocked Cosy yeah mate how does that one thing I remind I remembered was Friday I remember having Jeff Stelling on and Preston got a goal in the 95th minute good Friday after Norwich had absolutely battered them and I remember seeing a few quotes from Daniel Fark and they were absolutely spewing it like they'd been mugged and I just thought, mm, I wonder who they've got next, or the Seal Town. And part of me wondered whether they would use us to kind of take out their anger on, on us. And to be honest, Matt, I think similar to you, mate, the Bournemouth kind of fiasco, it just ekes at that. But another one, quarter to six, sorry, quarter to seven, you saw that team sheet, D'Amico, Dwayne again in the team. And I'm just thinking, wow, we're in trouble here. But it was quite funny, Paz, because you said 8 0. Once you did uh, the goalkeeping change and that as well, and now you were in the end, which were quite ironic. But I think it's like anything, isn't it? I think you can cope with your defeat. I remember going to Bar- you know, the Barnsley defeat when Darren Barnard scored that absolute world. If he had that cream kit on, I remember being that way. But I didn't feel any of the anger that night, you know, even though 
I knew a lot of Barnsley fans because I felt like we put in shift then because we had good characters then Randy Morrison and the, and the like playing. 6 0 at half time, that day. Yeah, yeah. They, it were bad, wasn't it? But last night, and they, you know, it's back three, but like aged, average age about 30 plus, you know, all this stuff about experience. And that, I think that's what kind of Lee Andrew just kept going on about in the, you know, the, the experience back line. He was like painful. Saying, like, he was exposed, painful last night. Exposed, and that, that's the word. And I just looked at, so I, I was thinking, these players here, why, why is Carlos playing players who, who are blatantly not going to be in next year? And Benza, to me, looks like he's packed up the last two months. Zero interest. Okay. He was, uh, yeah, he was back to 2018 levels, wasn't yeah. he? Yes, saying. Chasing shadows, I get, but the penalty is summed it up. But yeah, I've kind of rattled on a bit, Matt, but it's, uh, it hurts. And I know Neil won't mind saying, Neil said it doesn't kind of hurt anymore for him. He doesn't, he's kind of beyond that, but it hurts me. And then today, kind of, my friends I'm seeing, they're like taking the piss. And I don't like that. I don't like that. You know, the, yeah, it's Norwich and stuff, but. They were, we were saying stuff in the highlight of that wheelie bin that's as good as your team. It hurts me when it's a town as bad as that. On a national platform, that hurts, man. I was going to say, because it's a good job we didn't do that on Sky Sports main event or anything silly like that, you know, like we did well, back when we played Barnsley as well. That was uh, another one live in front of the cameras. So it would, I think that, say because it makes a good point, though, I think we're all, we're all big enough, mature enough to accept a defeat, to accept sometimes that, particularly where we're at right now, we're not always going to be the best side. Um but you want your teams to kind of put some effort in and put a performance in, get close to the man, put a few tackles in, put themselves about. And the way we just stood off at times last night and the, almost the apathy of the squad, the kind of just the acceptance of what was happening around them. That, that's what really hurt for me, that no one really kind of said, I'm going to try and stop this. And it was just kind of a free for all. Let's be honest, it was 7-0, but it could easily have been 8-9-10. Yeah, so I, 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 I were happy. If you'd offered me 7-0 at, at halftime, I'd have took it. And, you know, as much for line keeper, he kept it at that. But you made a good point last night, and I went with it on Radio Leeds. To me, what were utter sadness. Stealing of the corner had that armband on at the end. I just thought, that's pitiful. That is that is where us with Tara at the moment. We're a guy, we don't give a shit. He just does what he wants. Okay, he's putting some good performance on to you, but he does what he wants. He's not a team man. He'll be off next season. And this is the guy with his armband on at Carroll Road once all goes. I just thought, that's just where we are. Just a muddled mess, man. I'd love to be able to stick up for Bakuna there, but I, I can't. On, on last, you know, on last night's show, and I think he's improved a lot since the new year. I thought he was very poor up till the Matt, new why, year, why and he, as we've got worse, he's kind of got better. Um, but why yeah, are you captain, guys that ain't going to be in the pitch next season. I know you you say where else can you pick, but well, yeah, Wayne exactly. ain't going to be there. Well, he is potentially. <sighs> really, I don't. I think, think I think they'll keep him. There, there's so many players there. I don't think they'll be involved next next season. It's uh, well, I mean, no, but who who else? You, like I say, who else are you going to pick? There's Aaron Rowe probably should have played left wing back in in hindsight, and Lewis O'Brien in the middle. But you know, you could argue that Lewis O'Brien might not be there next year. There's there's teams circling for him. So do you stop picking Lewis O'Brien because he might get a transfer? There's there's you know we we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, I I certainly don't at this at this moment in time. Um, Joel Pereira is not going to be there next year. Wasn't even our worst player last night, despite the reputation. I think that that really hurts. But and you know, you look at the examiner ratings, and Joel Pereira was second in the match, and that summed up the performance really. And I think what summed it up as well was the the performance of Sauber Thomas. You know, someone who actually had a point to prove and wanted to get involved. And I kind of want to focus on him a little bit because there's not many positives in that game. Well, there's no positives really in that game apart from 
his introduction really and I thought he was uh, a positive light and uh, we've got uh, Lee Oates uh, says why haven't we seen more of Thomas I would I would yeah. give him a start against Rotherham um, Dan Peckett said had such a bad dream last night <laughs> night sweats and everything too much cheese and meat Dan uh, Andy M says waiting for the silent assassin Cosy to kick in <laughs> um, no it's not, not really assassinated anyone there Cos I thought you were quite quite fair no man um, I'm 46 now man I'm a two more I'm an analyst and I'm a considered analyst. Matt, no, I don't get Sober Thomas. Sober Thomas come on as a, as a sub in another game where we were, I think we're getting beat again. And he looked quite, he, he gave us 20 minutes. The thing is, we said it before at Borough, who was it that came on and gave us a good 20 minutes? And you know, when you're getting absolutely Phillips. battered, Phillips yeah, you can't, it's easy to look good, but his spirit was, we're, it was just nice to see someone with a bit of spirit and a bit of... Someone who gave a shit. Basically, because you rightly or wrongly, you just felt like the team lolloped. They essentially lolloped and got walloped, didn't they? You know, to I think that I might call the episode that. But you know, they they just kind of really sort of care. It just as as fans, it hurts to watch players lollop around on the pitch like that. And Danny Ward's obviously not fit. You know, Danny Ward struggled bit badly sort of with with Norwich's movement and. To be fair, you've got to give Norwich a lot of credit as well. Norwich were fantastic on the on the day. Uh, they're probably the best side I've seen at this level since we got we got promoted and Newcastle and Brighton were decent. Um, I'll 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 give them that. I thought they were excellent and they, they could very well end up with you know points into the nineties, close to hundred. But this league is poor, uh, and we're poor as well. Um, Matt, we've just drawn with Brentford. Yeah, and they drew with well. Birmingham last night. So, you know, I don't know what that's yeah, saying either at home. I think I think Brentford are on their annual end of season drop off aren't they um, I think the thing is that five unbeaten it's a bit of a crack paper job though that in it really for being honest well like what we were saying before we went live you can say five unbeaten before but two wins in 18 it's, it's different different two ways to splice two. you know different ways to splice statistics really and we've only scored two goals in uh, sorry we've only scored more than one goal in two games in the last 15 which again isn't great and one of those we lost you know against Wickham uh, so there's, you know, since Carlos signed his new contract, we've only won three out of 20 and there are, and, and we talk about, and I'm talking about a mate, uh, you know, with, with uh, Matty Dirks about it pause earlier. Uh, and he was say, saying, you know, he's, he's quite pro Carlos and he's saying there's a lot of mitigating circumstances with injuries and we get that, you know, um, it's not easy having to constantly alter your system, alter your team. And, but there, there are sort of disappointing elements as well, how we've had to turn to, um, the darker arts, if you like, when we were initially supposed to be coming through into this brand new, brand new era, and we've had to go back a step. And I don't mind that if we stay up. Um, but it, I'm struggling really. What I think, well, I'm struggling to sort of move this conversation topic on. But I'm struggling to see a way forward. <laughs> you know, like with this now, where do we, where do we go from here? I'm going to alter my um, agenda around a little bit here. Um, Matt, this do, is we, the- do we think Town have enough just to limp over the line at the minute? Or, or is this just a one-off? We can chalk it down. We'll go beat Rotherham on Saturday. Happy days. No one cares about Norwich anymore. What, what do you reckon? Because, you know, uh, two ways this would go. It is, isn't it? It's one of those, I mean, I didn't watch last night. Um, surprisingly. Oh, so watch I was at, uh, at my local squash club, you know, so I'll, I'll chalk that one as with, with every defeat excuse, not watching. Um, squash. <laughs> squash. Squash club. You know, if, yeah, okay, you, if you miss a big game, that's where you are, isn't it? Um but yeah, I think it is one of them. You don't lose seven nil, you know, right often. So you know, you can look at it two ways. You can say both Norwich were absolutely excellent and we were absolutely shambolic, 
And, uh, you know, like you said, just one of them bad nights at office. You know, you see a few five nils and stuff like that, but to, to be seven, you've got to be really, really bad, haven't you? Let's be honest, there's not many sevens going. You know, it used to be the thing, didn't it? On, when it on video printer, when you got to seven, it used to spell it out for uh-huh. people. Um, so, you know, once you get to seven, it, it's cost as a proper drubbing, isn't it, really? And, um, you know, I've, I've watched goals quickly back today and, you know, there were some decent goals, to be fair, but they just ran as ragged, didn't they? They were just, they were just better than us. And if you just hold your hands up and say, look, they were better than us, let's never speak of it again. And if you go and get three points against Norwich, it's suddenly... Against Rotherham, yeah. about this, it, but... this could be a dark, little dark secret that you don't talk about, one of those yeah, you just, things. Yeah, you just brush it under the carpet, don't you? And everyone's happy because you've, you've beat, Norwich, uh, beat Rotherham. And really, when you look at league, if you beat Rotherham, you can almost say that you're... You're pretty much safe, aren't you? Let's be fair. I don't think I think if we beat Rotherham, we'll still pick up another couple of points at least before end of the season. I've said it along. I can't That'd see enough. enough yeah. You know, I can't see enough teams down there getting enough points to catch us. And also, bear in mind, there's a couple of teams below us as well. Uh, so even if they do pick up points, are they going to catch us? Probably not. Um, I obviously like to see it confirmed, you know, mathematically as soon as possible. And then we could maybe go on to what, you know, we've chatted about on here before. And as Cosy says, these lads who aren't going to be here, just don't play them. And let's have a look at some, you know, youth team players or, you know, players that we need to see you, you know, like Thomas who can show us a bit of fight and a bit of grit. He's got a point to prove before the start of next season because there's obviously going to be a massive amount of recruitment over the summer. If we've got you know if we've got five or six that are there and can show us something between now and end of the season, that might you know curtail down into not as many signings. So the lads that are here and staying have just got as much to prove, you know, as any potential new signings that come through. So you know, let's get safe and and let's just put this whole shambolic season to bed and and move on. Matt, I just don't know where what to think on Carlos anymore, mate. I've always been pro Carlos, but he. This 2021 kind of calendar year has been all over the shop for me. On one, one it's kind of yin and yang. One part of me, so hang on because he's got loads of players who don't want to be there. He's built dental shit on the cards. But then you see stuff last night, the stuff, the reactionary stuff on the pitch that he doesn't do. I mean, I know I maybe over exaggerated a bit, but I went really this night. Mourinho would have made five subs at half time, he would have made five substitutions. He'd have like bang, don't do it. And then he made one sub, Scott I came on. Then he made another after six minutes. I just didn't get what we were kind of thinking. And I just don't know where, where we kind of stand with him. Part of me is thinking, yeah, like you said, Paul's get through the season. I think we'll stop up. I don't think there's an issue. And But I just think it's so big that we kind of finish strong and, and that as well. And for the first time in a long time, I'm just wondering, is he the man to take us, take us forward at? The, the the stuff with it playing the experience guys it just doesn't sit right with me when you see Keo being garbage week after week after week steaming rubbish you know we've we've mentioned about Critchlow there must be so much going on behind the scenes Carlos clearly does not rate a lot of these kids that we've kind of mentioned about he's not giving anyone opportunities you know apart from ten minutes here twenty minutes there like by default like last night we saw but Thomas to me there's a lot more negatives at the moment I put it you was I said it to you before we came on air Matt if if Carlos went now, I don't think I'd be too fussed. If he'd have gone a month ago, I would have been, that's a bollocks decision. But part of me is thinking, because just get to the end of the season, Norwich were at the top of the league, but there's, there's a lot weighing against him at the moment, mate. And it's, I, it's easy to go 
a bit that way after losing 7 0, to yeah. be fair, isn't it? You know, there's the emotions of losing 7 0 are not going to be great, are they, in fairness? So at, at that point, all the way getting hammered, hammered Simon's going to chip in in a second, but all the way through getting hammered, you sat there going, Carlos, what is going on? And, and Carlos is the one that you're looking at to change it, isn't it? Um, I, like I said, like I said before, I've not been on the the Carlos hype train, if you like, since January. Um, he won me around a little bit you know, when he changed things at Birmingham because part of my, um, obviously Carlos knows far more than me about football, but part of my criticism was his, his sort of lack of adaptability and flexibility in, in sort of style. And he brought that in. So, you know, he won me back over a little bit and I'm just going to sort of sit on it to the end of the season and then have a think. But for me, you have to question whether this club is set up for somebody like Carlos, you know, that they came, you know, he came in with a bit of fanfare and how the club was going to do this, this, and this, this. And I don't really see a club that supports that kind of head coach, if you like, in, in the way that I would like. Um, it, it, I think this summer will be, you know, the, the, the telling factor when, when they get rid of the big earners and we'll see what people at the club, there's, there's going to be no hiding place for people at the club. You know, you, we talk about people that we quite like, like Lee Bromby, you know, we, we both like Lee, but you know, there's the, you know, when, when these high earners go and they've got to bring replacements in, there's no hiding for him, Josh Marsh, et cetera. And that recruitment team, there, there can't be any, any more mistakes like they have over the last few years. Otherwise I just feel they'll be heading to league one. It'll be that serious. That simple. I think from my point of view, come back to your question, I think we'll limp over the line. Um, I think what perhaps taints Carlos a little bit is some of the hands he's been dealt. And if you think back to January, we didn't bring in the strike we wanted. We've been kind of been given a couple of options. And that's, as I understand it, not necessarily through Carlos's fault, but it kind of does taint your opinion a little bit in terms of what you see on the pitch. And I think there's some kind of obviously mixed messages almost at the moment. The project that Carlos was inherited or took on was one to bring through the youth players to develop our kind of academy products. And right now there's very little evidence of that. And, and the two recent well, the signings... Is, Simon, are they good enough? Does the structure support the head coach? You know, that's, that's, that's the question that I was posing before, really. Uh, probably not, but a manager these days or a head coach won't be given the test of time to for that structure to develop. Callis isn't going to have three, four years to be able to develop a, an academy structure beneath that then feeds those players. There'll be an element of Carlos needs to deliver some immediate, not necessarily success, but immediate respectable results. And on last night's evidence, at least, we're kind of a long way from that. But the point I wanted to, and it's more of a question to, to you all, actually, that I wanted to ask and to anyone's listening. And it's a bit around because he made around the subs last night. So we kind of, I mean, we threw the towel in very early doors, but Carlos threw the towel in kind of 45, 50 minutes back, took off Hogg, took off O'Brien, took off Mavisar, probably with the idea of, of resting them in mind, kind of didn't want any injuries ahead of the, the big game of the weekend. And on one hand, I understand that. On one hand, I kind of accepted that last night's result had gone, we need to move on. But there's, for me, there's something at the back of my mind, which is fucking hell with 6 7 nil down here. This is embarrassing. And we're finishing the game with Scott High and Dehaney in the middle of the park. It could have well been eight or nine if Pookie had stayed on the pitch, couldn't it? Like, was he right to take those players off and rest them? Or actually, should he have been thinking, fucking hell, I need to kind of... Um, All right, sorry. Some... <laughs> <laughs> Sense of respectability here, because I'm not sure kind of taking Hogan O'Brien and, and the Sar off last night was, was the reaction that I wanted, really. Side, I, I, really... I guess the result on Saturday will dictate how yeah, I well, feel long term. Yeah. 
Well, it did really go. Norwich luckily had kind of gone down a gear, hadn't they, in the second half, but I don't think it really affected him. I, I think kind of going what you said, Matt, Danny Cowley barely played any of these juniors as well. Carson not playing the juniors. I think your question is the big one, mate. Are they good enough? And It's they, just a question. They might be. I'm not saying they're not. Both managers can't. It's a question. Because there's, a lot, there's a lot of noise comes out, isn't there, about how good these youngsters are, but I, I don't think it's this current crop of youngsters. I think the the real talent, or the, what the club believe the real talent is, is the next sort of the um, Kamara's, Diara's, yeah, that, Luke Daly's, that, that yeah. sort of team. Um, now, are they suddenly going to be promoted up to first team at the end of this season? Because that's a massive step up, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, but if the club believe, you know, there's noise comes out of the club that these these will play in Premier League at some point because they're that good. Well. If they're great, if they're that good, absolutely fantastic. You know, let, let's see them. Um, as you say, Matt, does the does the structure warrant the the, the noise about them? You, you don't know because we, we don't actually see them play. We see a bit on YouTube here and there. And, you know, Isaac and Benzer looked half decent on YouTube, didn't he? So clips can be, um, not Benzer, Dia Carby, you know, he looked pretty reasonable if you looked at it. He was only one minute 20 on his highlights video, so it can't be that good. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Though you can yeah. put out, you know, you can go in back gardens, fall in top corner if you try hard enough and long enough, and you know, make that look good, can't you? So I think in regards to like are the youth team players good enough? The the current ones, you just got eyes, you Phillips. If they were good enough, surely they'd be starting on a more regular basis. So you know, to sort of answer your question, mm. I, I don't think they I quite are, like Phillips. I'll be honest. I, them, I, I like Phillips. Know. I like what I've seen. I, I like I like a lot of what he's doing. If, if, if he's if he's if he's ready to play, Matt, why is he playing? I, I think he needs a loan, to be honest. But from what I understand, is his knee's pretty bad, so they were trying to manage him up until the new year. So uh, injury from striker, then brilliant. Well, he had a serious knee injury, didn't he, when he was <laughs> 16, 17? It was almost career threatening. Probably wasn't going to walk properly ever again. So I think they're trying to manage him. So I think. He probably could have benefited from a loan, but they didn't want to send him out somewhere where they, they wouldn't get the sort of day-to-day management. I was from from what I understand. I can't remember where I heard that, so it might be nonsense. Man, I think know. it's down to mentality, mate. In my opinion, it's like, right, over Easter, I think we'll be happy with one point. We've got us one point in Brentford. We've got a big game against Rotherham, and we'll sack the game off. And, and yeah, Norwich were great and stuff. But I, I just think... Let me ask you a question, Cosy. What yeah. do you think the repercussions are for losing 7-0? Do you think There'll be none, mate, because yeah. if we win on Saturday, it'll all be brushed under the carpet and the, the Instagram will be back with the world. I mean, that was pathetic last night. The club couldn't even be asked to put... That sort of silk town, mate, because... I wouldn't put the score on, to be honest. Yeah, I bet you any money today, because B-team have won, we'll be, get a big headline. You know, to me, there's been... If you look at some of these results, even like in the kind of B-team and the academy, we're losing to like filed... Fleetwood and, and stuff and I'm sorry yeah it's not all about results but the Grimsby Town I think didn't they a bit is in that cup last week they're bad signs bad bad signs and, and to me it's just a mentality thing at Uddersfield Town we we get two carried away when we win and we get two you know when we lose we don't want to know we don't front up and Carlos did apologise you know what else could he do after the game last night but and again I'm sorry to bang on about the Wagner but it just all I could think about the last time we went around Norwich we were on Sky again and we didn't give a shit. We were ballsy. We went there. We put nose out of joint. I think Kachunga scored a beauty. We had a good following. We won. We were, we were like, wow, this is other seal town. And we destroyed them at home. But it's like now, 
it's like back to Paul's like Chris Powell competing and stuff. Can we compete with teams with a parachute payment like Norwich? It just I, I just want to cease to fight every game. I hate it when we just bin games off like Bournemouth and Norwich and stuff. It 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 doesn't well play. It's like youth football, isn't it? it? That's the thing. It's like when you're when you're an under twenty threes coach, you can afford to like our academy. I, I know a lot of people. I struggle with with this a little bit, and you know they they don't go to win games. They go to work on certain aspects of of games, and they look to do uh, certain things within a game, and they don't really care about the result. and And a lot of people struggle with that, you know. And I, I struggle with with it a little bit, to be honest. Uh, but you can't do that in first team football. You can't just toss a game, and I fe- and it feels like we've we've tossed two games this season, and that's just. Do you think? Do you think that Carlos has a little bit of that? Matt? I've, I've mentioned before about his obviously being bit. at Leeds and under-23s. and It's nice to play nice football in under-23s and the development side, but if you don't win, it doesn't matter. Do you think he still has a little bit of that? And I'm not suggesting just from last night because we didn't play any nice football last night, but you know, if we've if we've scored a goal from back to front that they've worked on in training uh, all week, but we lose 2-1, is he more happy that we've taken from the training pitch onto the first-team pitch, or is he absolutely raging that we've lost 2-1? Because I, I don't ever... I don't know. I think David Wagner did this a lot, you know. David Wagner used to put drop in the, the like the second string, you know, your Martin Craners, your Coleman's, etc. here and there, but we were a lot more savvy with it and we had a lot more we had a system set up where we wouldn't take the hammerings as, as much. Whereas if Carlos does it, we, we get battered, you know, and it look it looks bad and it feels bad. Yeah. The difference um, is we we finally we had a system, particularly that promotion season, and everyone knew their role, everyone knew their responsibility. And it feels like under Corbrand, certainly recently. It's like tweaking things, everything week in, week out. Something slightly different. Someone's put a slightly different position. The shape slightly different. Yeah, good. A good thing side to focus on there would be Dwayne Holmes. Dwayne Holmes was signed. Uh, apparently, he was Carlos's number one target for this summer. Dwayne, and we brought it forward. And he's played. I Dwayne to believe that. He's he played Dwayne Holmes right. pretty much sure. everywhere. Cannot be right. Apparently, Carlos was a huge fan. Uh, has he said that, or has someone said that for him? Well, I can't remember. It's the, my memory's going. I'm, Things are kicking in up here in old days. But how would he know? <laughs> but the thing is with Dwayne, he's not played in his proper role once. You know, he's played left wing, he's played right wing, he's played up front, he's played a false nine, he's played all over the place. And and he's trying to learn this man-to-man marking system. And we do play a very technical man-to-man system. And he's struggling big time with it. And the players, a lot of the players are struggling to adapt to what Carlos wants. And part of me thinks maybe he'd be a better coach the higher up he is. And the further down, he might have to taper his expectations with uh, with, with us, maybe a little bit, because <laughs> we're not as good as maybe I'm what so he wants. He's right, though, isn't he? We've chatted on here about just going, sorry, just going, going back simple, and we seem to do that over that little five unbeaten run. We seem to go back to basics, and it, it, it worked. You know, let's be honest. Over overload of information whilst you're playing football, it, it, it detracts from actually playing football, doesn't it? Because you must constantly be thinking, I'm in right space. I'm a, if I lose this ball, where do I need to be? And actually, you know, look at some of the greatest players that we, you know, that have ever been. They just they just get on with it. Andy Booth. I'm not worried about where they're standing or you know who am I marking it. If I kick this out, I need to get into this space because I need to press him or I need to do that. It's just. You know, Lewis O'Brien's perfect example. He, he rekindled a little bit of form and then he's put him out to a position where he's paid badly. Yeah, well, because of that, it just bought my PIWS that because not only are you, are, you get, are you taking the worst bit of him and asking him to do something, you're taking away a big weapon, for, attacking weapon for us that has been proven last two weeks. It, it breaks two no, positions, doesn't it? 
it makes no sense to me, Matt. And, and it, it almost, obviously, like it's Jaden Brown, you're not kind of going to put... I'm just thinking he, he's someone who can hurt Norwich, but he ain't going to hurt him there, is he? No, especially when he's got Emi Buendia there, who's probably the best oh, player man. the Championship's seen for, I don't know, for <clears throat> for quite a while, isn't it? But that. I want to bin off Norwich. I don't want to talk about Norwich anymore. I feel right. like we've spent too long talking about that. I want to talk about Brentford because Ooh. Norwich was negative, obviously, but Brentford was actually a really good point. And I want to I want to talk about this a little bit more. And it was a really unexpected point. So Town's goal was uh, a, little that bit was me- a little bit messy, wasn't it? That yeah, was us. they've been watching us. <laughs> yeah, a bit a bit of a mess from Brentford. Good pressing by from Verco and uh, Lewis O'Brien uh, with the with the old swinger. Just uh, put it in the center of the net. Um, I, I I thought Town started brilliantly against uh, against Brentford. They're, they're playing a back four instead of the back three. So four two three one with sort of narrow wide players, and it really worked to smother uh, Brentford. And the real sort of uh, the player that was doing the damage for me was Ajax Verko. So he played a really strange role. It was kind of like a hybrid halfback role that he was playing. And he was dropping from the, the two in midfield into the right centre-back role and coming back. And Brentford had absolutely no idea what to do with him because when they had the ball, he was in midfield. And then when we had the ball, he's all of a sudden he's centre-back and then he's up there, you know, pressing for the goal. And I thought he was outstanding. And then when he went off, that's when Brentford started to you know, Bakuna came on. Bakuna doesn't do the same same thing as, as Alex Vecchio. And that's when they sort of started taking a bit more control. Um, I have to say, Oliver Langford is an absolutely woeful referee both ways in that game. You know, some of the decisions. We had him against Luton and he gave them an absolute nothing free kick, which they scored from early in the season. So I remember uh, remembering. But some of the decisions, Nabi Sars handball, you know, in, in the box was as stonewall a penalty as you. You, you're ever likely to see. Um, I wasn't so sure on the on the uh, Lewis O'Brien one. I thought Lewis maybe was on his way down, but we, we can see those given. Um, and Buemo should have been shown a second yellow card for diving in the box. That was a shocker, you know, where he tried to corner penalty. Um, but Langford aside, I thought we we played well. We uh, uh, we defended well. I th- and I know because you've given Richard Keel some stick, but I think Richard Keel's taking the Norwich game aside, I think he's been really good the last two or three weeks. Now we've simplified everything and he kind of, it's almost like he stood there with a little PlayStation pad controlling Nabi Sar next to him as well. Cause Nabi Sar has been, been decent next to him. And I think he's been quite valuable. I don't want to see him long-term or anything, but I think in the short term, he's been quite valuable up until last night. And for me, him and Lewis O'Brien and Nabi were, were top notch. Um, what about you guys then? So the goal for me, that we conceded was, oh, was Matt, sort of classic, classic Huddersfield. I just think that sums us up, Matt, because Janssen, we get, you know, it, we get away with a great defending copy, like, but with second ball, that, that we're not alert enough, we're not hungry enough. That's why they're in the playoffs, and that's why we're struggling to stay up, because they were switched on and wanting that ball back in the box and that as well, and it was so frustrating. Them are the worst goals. I'd rather someone smash it in. 30 yard and that as well. It was so frustrating. And and then we were rocking them, weren't we? Because Tony bang off the post, keeper were nowhere. And and then to be honest, Great was, that. although we had a chance at the end, it wouldn't, but it do hand it, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, Domico cut inside it. Yeah. But yeah, that I was frustrated with their goal because I'd rather it be I don't want Janssen to score anyway, but to be honest, it'd be better going in like that than how it did it. it yeah, hurt. well Carlos was frothing because he didn't think it was a, a, a throw in for Brentford, and then it came off of Pontus's arm, didn't it? But it's one of those sort of borderline 50-50s. Pause, you're a defender, so 
uh, you know, me as a goalkeeper, you as a defender. So put yourself in Richard Keogh's shoes there. He stood with his man and all of a sudden four town players go and sprint and try and close down the ball, you know, to, to the one player who's put the ball back across. And they've left three men unmarked in the box, which as a centre-back, as Richard Keogh, you're doing your absolute nutting there, aren't you? Well, you are, because as a defender, it looks bad. You know, teams conceded you're a defender. It automatically looks bad on. It automatically looks bad on you, doesn't it? It's just a lack. It's just a lack of discipline, isn't it? Like you say, ball goes out. That that should be one player goes to close it down, three stay mark, and and deal with what what comes after that. You could say it's, you know, a little bit of lack of communication as well. You know, put a name on it. I'm going. You stick kind of thing. Um, just, just a, a, another soft goal, really. Like Cosie says, we've, we've you know cleared it off at line and it's gone out and then it's come back in. And you can imagine being there, couldn't you? It's one of them where you know you sat behind goal, especially at that end, and you, know, you clear it off at line, so you're giving it big into the way end. And then you know four seconds later, the, you sat back down with your head in your hands because you you know they've, they've poked it in and you know they happen, don't you? Have them moments, but again, it's probably a bit of his own doing more than Brentford, you know, creating. Uh, a great goal there, but I, I I think we actually did all right against Brentford. I know, you know, especially on our WhatsApp group, we there's quite a lot of negative comments about stuff. But again, the Brentford are better than us. So I, sometimes I think when you're watching town, you, you've got to take away that we actually used to be pretty good back, you know, when Wagner were here and stuff. And you've got to judge it on how we are now. And Brentford are just better than us. But they didn't play us off at Park. We we worked hard off the ball, you know, working hard is it's the bare minimum, which I agree it is, but you, you've got to work hard in a smart way. Because working hard, just running about like an idiot is, is worse than not working hard at all sometimes. But we worked hard, we pressed well. I thought we limited the, the chances. The, they've got a form of, you know, slicing through teams of Brentford and I actually thought we, we played all right. We, you know, we got the goal. You, you could say that were a mistake by Brentford. Obviously, what happened before it fell to Lewis. But I actually came away from Brentford thinking, you know what, it's a, it's a point there against a team that I didn't think we'd get a point against. So, fair play. Just such a shame that we then went to Norwich and played like that. <laughs> oh, didn't it? Sad, though. I know we've gone, we've gone forward a few years since Wagner, but you're, you're happy to... You didn't think we'd get a point. We're at home. We're at home for a team. Like Brentford, who yeah, they've built over the last few years. They're much better. They everything about them's better than us. The scouting, the management, and stuff. But it's like we're we're buzzing. We're at we're at home. We've got a point. That that's how far you know our kind of ambitions are. Really, it's, I know it's the reality and what have you. But it's it makes me feel really sad. Really, that you just kind of come to this. And I know this we're gonna. It's heartbreaking, like you said. It's back to Chris Powell. Yeah, we'll come complete. to that ATT thing next. I think Matt, what we but it's like. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, it was a good point, but it let's be honest, they probably should have won, really. But yeah, what a good point! Yeah, um, it was, yeah. So, I think we got credit, uh, Carlos and Town for the way that we played against Brentford. It's a, it's a decent point, and, and one thing that I wanted to to maybe mention as well, uh, Simon, I'll bring you in. I thought Ryan Schofield's been improved the last few weeks, uh, he um, he was a little bit better ball into box and he made a great save as well with his feet. Uh, are we seeing Ryan maybe come out of that little bad spell that he was in before, just after well, up until recently and maybe coming out the other side now, do you think? Although the illness last night. Yeah, I think so. I think kind of um, probably seen a, an uptick in his confidence. Um, I think uh, kind of he obviously had that kind of poor period around Christmas, as you mentioned, and there was talk about maybe taking him out of the team. We signed 
Jason Lutweiler at the time, who we kind of thought might be kind of someone who was the go-to for some experience. But he's, he's kind of come back strongly and, and hats off to him. I don't know if he wouldn't have made much of a difference last night, um, let's be honest. But I think kind of it's shown the value in persisting with him. Um, what I would say is I'm surprised that other teams haven't necessarily exploited his weaknesses as much as what they may well have done. I think kind of it, for me watching him and presumably from other analysts watching him, it's quite obvious that he still struggles under the high ball to command his box. Some of his decision making is a little bit rough. And I'm, I am surprised that other teams haven't perhaps put as many diagonal balls into the box, kind of dropped some corners directly on his head as, as what they may have done. Um, he will still need to improve in that area. But for me, I, I'd, I'd kind of think I'd be comfortable with him taking the number one jersey next season. I think there's other areas of the pitch we need to focus on more in the, in the kind of the summer window. Very good. So, man of the match for you guys, um, Lewis O'Brien for me. Shall we give yeah. a uh, an official or unofficial? Andy takes that chance, man of the match for the Brentford game. Who are we going to go for? Cause? Yeah, it's got to be him, mate. But worries me that he's playing really well live on Sky. You know what's going to happen in summer. We'll get a bid in for him, mate. He's off, mate. He's off. I'm convinced Lewis O'Brien's off. Maybe that's service. why we played him left back last night. To Chicken, chicken's already <laughs> sold him. <laughs> yeah, bring it down. Yeah, Chicken wrote an article and pretty much sold him for us, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Are we all home against... Is Sky Bournemouth game on Sky? They'll be playing at goalkeeper then, probably. It's a bit, <laughs> <it's>, yeah. <laughs> a bit short for that, isn't it? But yeah, you guys agree, Pause, Sai, Lewis O'Brien. Yeah, even, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well done, uh, Lewis. You get nothing but praise from, from us guys. Um, right, so I think that's all I've got really. So p- penalty for Lewis O'Brien as well. Are we going to say yes or no? I'm, I'm edging towards no. Um, pause. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. It's one of them. If it were given against you, you'd you'd probably be a little bit upset, but you you see him give him, don't you? It's kind of almost like a yeah, classic legs in there. He's kind of kicked him and gone, but some you get, we'd have probably missed it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting to see who the penalty taker would be now. Uh, right, okay, yeah, so... Brentford, done and dusted. I think we'll go away. Let's read some of the, uh, the the messages out. So thanks for to everyone for being patient and joining us on YouTube. Um, just looking at some of the... Uh, let's go through some of uh, your comments here. So sorry, my eyes. I think I need to get, get back to the opticians again because the, the writing looks really small. All of a sudden. Uh, right, okay. So let's check down and... Um, yeah, so Leo Sills reckons we're not home and hosed yet. Goal difference could come into it, which would not be great after uh, last night. Jordan Lemon Drumming says, you know things are bad when Carlos can't even be bothered crouching anymore. Um, <laughs> thoughts on Umar Nias's injury? Just seems like bad luck to me. Slipped, split, someone fell on him, groin goes. It's just typical. It took us two months to sign this guy and now potentially could be out for a, a similar amount of time. It's... It's Jonathan Tahui levels, is this, isn't it? The uh, the Umanias thing, but it's it just sounds really unfortunate, especially after everybody took to him with his uh, initial interview. Uh, John Smith uh, joining a bit late. All my concerns about Corbran came straight back last night, lacking team structure and adjustments. Is Corbran just an idealist? Uh, Jordan Lemon Drumming, Pause. What's going on here? He's all over the shop, isn't he? I'm going to have oh, all sorts of editing to do tonight. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. iPad, nice. I've changed cameras. He's You're on your phone, aren't you? I've got a multimedia setup going here, lads. Multimedia, you can't even fill a screen here, boss. <laughs> Turn it sideways. Nokia 82 tech, man. What's going on, man? Are you wearing shorts? I think we, we saw straight up them then. 
that wasn't that wasn't great, was Love it? Uh, right. So um, let's have a look. So depressed Terry says our academy lads are just not good enough, and massively overhyped by the club. Uh, well, I'm sure things will we'll see on that. There are a couple of good ones in there, but they're very young, and the, the step is 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 quite large. So we'll see if they can do that. So until we get an experienced director of football, um, instead of these that have been given roles during the last three years, nothing will change. Uh, Leo says that's true. Carlos was tracking homes when he was at Leeds. Uh, and then Terry MD says, didn't expect to get anything at Norwich, but if we don't beat Rotherham, then Corbran has to be sacked. He is a guy to develop players, not to win games and look totally lost. Uh, there's quite a few more here. So uh, Tom says without Lewis, we'd be far worse off. Wish we had more players with that work rate. Uh, and then JH7 says, not banging the same drum, Cosy, but who was our director of football during the first year of Wagner's reign? And we all know who that was, Stuart Webber. And, and for me personally, I sat in a room with Stuart Webber and his, I know he brought, technically brought Wagner or brought the idea of Wagner to the club, but a lot of those players that came in, Stuart Webber was not responsible for. And one thing I will say is I sat in a room and I heard Stuart Webber say, our academy is not good enough. Phil Billing will never make it Huddersfield Town. I've had to sign four players to make this club money going forward. And those four players were Joel Coleman, Tariq Combs-Dennis, Kyle Dempsey, and Jordi Hewula. So I'm not having that Stuart Webber was this perfect director of football for Huddersfield Town after uh, some of some of those. You know, not, they didn't make us any money, did they? But, you know, and, and he also tried to block the Michael Heffield transfer. So there you go. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, so that I think, We'll go through those. Big Neil's on. Question for all. No fence sitting. Corbrand, stay or go. Um, I'm waiting till the end of the season, so I'm going to sit on my fence, Neil. Suck it. What about you guys? <laughs> I, I think it was a, I don't think there's really any value in getting rid of him now. Yeah, unless we have a really bad result in the, in the next few, but end of the season, we need best again. Reassess where we go from there. Yeah, it's it's not really Carlos I'm worried about. It's the whole it's the whole thing around it, you know, whether it, it backs up Carlos. And if it does, then great. But it, it, it kind of feels like Huddersfield Town would be safer with an Alex Neal in charge than, you know. But I don't know. How about you, Pos? Staying quiet there. No, I mean, I, I fully agree with Sai. I mean, you get rid of him and who, who do you bring in? Do you just bring in someone to plot for three, these three to five years? Or, you know, the, the brought him in, the... Made him out to be the next greatest manager, you know. Then they give him a new contract. So in summer they've got to give him backing. Otherwise, there's absolutely no point. So well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? He's got to be given the tools to do the job. That that's my my thing, yeah. really. Is he being given the tools? I know things have conspired against us quite badly, haven't they? You know, with I know COVID's obviously not conspired against just us, but a lot of things have conspired and gone wrong for us and. I don't think we, we imagined it would be this like this. Well, I think it just we just need to move on to this ATT because it all links in and that as well. Because in my well, let's give let's what, give what? a doth of the cap first cause to uh, Ian Burtley who managed to get a front and back sponsor for the shirt uh, in after having after being here for one month. So he managed to get utility for the front and sports broker for a back. So I think we have to say fair play to uh, Ian Burtley because that also moves into the. Uh, the ATT stuff because... Sorry, the three-year deal, which I, I, I thought was a good thing. We're hopeful we'll be having this kind of saga year in, year out. Hopefully it gives mm. a bit of a Before we even discuss the minutes, let's give HTSA some praise because I thought it was an absolute disgrace that the club, and we've seen them before, again, just peddling this positive stuff. Just be honest with us. Don't treat us like mugs. If we did our podcast... Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. 
just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Like the club do their website, there'll be no one there. There'll be no one listening because they're not honest. There were a meeting held, the ATT panel, and the minutes they put out compared to the HTSA version, there were no, nowhere near. And it was absolutely disgraceful. And you know what? These minutes, in my opinion, are some of the most depressing stuff I've read in the other town for, for many, many years. It might be the reality, but I mean, I know you're going to quote some stuff, Matt, but I read this and my head's that sunk. It, they came out on the day of the international break. So I'm thinking, let's have a weekend off town, cheer myself up, whatever. And these <laughs> things came out. And I just think shame on the club for, for putting that, you know, watered down minutes out because there's some massive important points that you're going to cover in a minute, Matt. And then they were just Putting like, a lot of pressure on me here. I haven't even looked at them. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've glanced, I've glanced. I'm, I can wing it, don't worry. I suppose... God, that, let, let's go to the, the first big one and that as well. because Club the, communication, the, fan engagement. Is this your uh, number one? No, I want to come to the second point about the medium, the long-term strategy. We'll come to the scandal, in my opinion, of the iFollow and the season card. Carry on that one, a scandal as well. But So I would, you were asking us there, what Carlos, stay or go? So in my opinion, I'm thinking, what is Well, Neil asked. What, yeah. what, what was Carlos's remit at the start of this season? What was it? So I'm thinking, what is it? When you look at this here, HTSA asks whether the board's long-term aim is still to make Huddersfield Town a top 30 club. Mark Devlin said the club is in the early stages of formulate, formulating a long-term strategy. So we're like nine months into the season, like Carlos has set off with the same people on the board and we'll form a, the club. Is, this is, this is the club as well, because this isn't just Carlos. This is a club. So nine months, it's a season of nine months, really. Incredible. In the early stage of formulating a long-term strategy, God, let me just get your heads are going to bow in a second. The club wants to compete at the top end of the championship in the next three to five years. But obviously, we haven't formed this long-term strategy. What the hell's that? So in line with the aim set out in the club charter. So the club charter, what the hell's that? Any ideas? Answers on a postcard? Anyone yeah, the it's that thing on the website, isn't it, with that it goes on about integrity and all that. Stuff. We want to compete at the top of the championship in the next three to five years, even though we're being Premier League like for two seasons, blah, blah, blah. But in a manner that does not involve significant financial risk, which, yeah, I can kind of get it and we don't want to go into any debt. But when I just hear all that on that point too, that makes me think I want to do something else from my Saturdays. Well, the thing is, it makes me think, should we just sack this podcast up and start again in three to five years when it's worth doing? That's kind of what you think. What kind of I understand. I understand a lot of this, and I understand why a lot of people are unhappy. But essentially, they brought a coaching in Carlos Corbran who they think will improve players, and the club will be able to sell them. And the club ideally are just wanting to sell players, sell, 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 bring in low pay, 
spend 300 grand on Sauber Thomas. And this is what we did under Dean, remember, from 2012. I think Nigel Clibbin said it in one Q&A, and the idea was a rule of four or something, where the idea was to bring a player in and sell him for four times what, he was, what they paid for him. And I don't think it's far different from, from what we used to do. And, and to be fair, we were never anywhere near cracking the top 30 under Dean, apart from that one miracle season under, under David Wagner. And I think what they're looking to do is just to try and sell a lot of players like Brentford have done and then reinvest, sell, reinvest, reinvest, sell. And it'll take three to five years. And they've lo- obviously looked at the, the commercials and we love Sean Jarvis and Sean Jarvis, we, we all think did a great job. But I think they're looking at the commercials and going, do you know what? These commercials aren't bringing in enough money for this club to sit comfortably higher up in the table. Uh, so they brought in Ian Burtley and, and trying to do things maybe differently. Mark Devlin hasn't said an awful lot how they're going to do things differently, but they look like they're going to try and get the club more profitable, you know, bringing in more money through selling players and through, through commercials. And then from there, the wage bill should go up and help to elevate the club. And that's essentially it. But the way they've worded it pretty much goes, do you know what? No, what's going to happen here to three to five years. And it's like, you know, you know Mike Devlin, Mike Devlin, who apparently his daughter works in social media, probably should know. And and Brentford fans love him for his communication. And I thought, I don't mind Mark that yeah, much, that, to be honest. That Billy but, from B-Sotted was bigging him up. That Mark Devlin yeah, great communicating and, with the fans. I'd seen any evidence of this. But just just be careful of how you word things. If you say to Huddersfield fans, you know what, it's going to be shit for three, three or five years. You know, people aren't going to buy season tickets. And then in three to five years, people are going to go, well, how come we're not top 30? And then they're going to go, because you didn't buy your season ticket, so we've not had the money to do it. You know, you have to be careful. You have to, rather than saying three to five years, you have to say, look, we're going to try and make incremental adjustments, you know, year on year improvement, rather than just saying three to five years, we might finish 10th, you know, happy days. You know, it's not not what we want to hear. What Whereas if he dressed up slightly differently, and said, look, last year, we're at 18th, we finished we're looking to finish higher every year, improvement year on year on year. And people are going, do you know what? Yeah, I can buy into that. Whereas they're not going to buy into someone going, do you know what? Okay, fuck it off for three three to five years and we'll, you know, we'll see you in five years when it's all right. You know, they're not going to buy that. Just be careful how you word things because town fans will take that because we've been served shit for three years. So they're going to, so they're, going to, they're looking at that going, not another three years of this crap. I can't, I can't cope with that. That's immediately what springs to mind and you don't blame you can't blame people for thinking that way. No. Well, so I, Carry I, on. I think to me, though, it's like, I can imagine the club might be watching this and thinking, well, we're only being honest, blah, blah, blah. But, Matt, you've just got... We appreciate the honesty. It's just, yeah. you have to be a bit more... The you way you, the way you yeah. tell it has to be a bit more sexy yeah. than just saying, look, lads, this is going to be wank for three years. <laughs> you fan, can't just do that. As a fan, you just want to date a dream. You want to feel that you're, you're following something that's got a chance of doing something. And I think it's just hard to take when you, you kind of hear that because you might get filled like watching this thinking, well, that's a reality. Suck it up. But I'm thinking, no, because like Wagner dared us to dream. Well, okay, one medical season, two medical season, if you include the staying up. But to me, that's like taking it all away and we need to be happy again, which is how it's panning out at the moment, just to kind of maybe get in 13th, 14th, and, and then let's wait to see when the kind of the, the next kind of roadmap is built the long-term strategy you know how long does it take to make a formulate a long-term strategy how long does that take to do why can't they just say might be naive it's like like say year in improvement we want to get back to the premier league even if that might be pie in the sky and and the probably the chances all thinking hang on a minute they want it back in the premier but just just say something that inspires me because unless i'm being naive that that's just expect 
League One more than, than getting back in the top flight. It does, doesn't it? It stinks, man. Pause what do you think, man? Uh, look, let's just bring wow. in what Terry MD said and throw it to pause as well. And he's put, Matt, I get that in buying and selling players, our recruitment team. But our recruitment team is not good enough to buy players to sell for a profit, in my opinion. You don't have to tell me about the recruitment team because I'm probably the number one critic of, of people in there. But, <laughs> you know, like I said earlier, this summer, there's nowhere to hide for these people. Do you know, the, the high earners are away and it's all about trying to bring in those players now that can that can do it. Um, I'm incredibly sceptical that that recruitment team has, and, and it goes back again to what we're saying about giving Carlos the tools for the job. Are the right structures in place? I don't think they are. And the recruitment team have, been, have overseen Dear Carbis and Benzers, Bocons, et cetera. And, and, it, and of course, but they have overseen Caroma, you know, and, and stuff like that. So there are successors in there. But this recruitment team has got to be, I'm going to swear then, but it's got to be fucking bulletproof, you know, this summer. Otherwise, like I said earlier, this we could end up in League One. And then that's a long, long way back when you look at uh, Sunderland, Ipswich Town, et cetera. But sorry, Paul, go on. No, I was going to agree with you, Matt. You've got to, it's all very business speaking. It's three to five years, long term strategies and all that rubbish. Um, there's a fan, you don't, you don't want to wait three to five years, do you? You want to wait, as you say, next season we're looking to improve. You don't need to specify exact positions because as, you know what town fans are like, as proved under Phil's tenure, they hang on every word. You know, you, you still, still speak to people now and they go back to his first ever cinema speeches when he was banging on about loans of Aaron Moy quality and all that sort of stuff. People will, if he says that, people expect that to happen. So, you know, three to five years, like you said, that, that just, loan like, of Aaron Moy quality, Kieran Dowell scored against us last night. As, <laughs> as, as an aside, there you go. Well, yeah, you, you, you've got to be a little bit more savvy. I mean, it's really tough because as, as fans, we sit here and on, on podcasts and on Facebook groups and forums and all that sort of stuff. We all cry out for honesty. So if, if that's the plan, and they're being honest, we can't have a pop if we don't like that. Do you know what I mean? Just trying to play devil's advocate a little bit. If if you want honesty, that's the, that's the truth. Yeah, but you no, know, don't be too honest. Yeah, I know what you mean. You've <laughs> almost been over. You've just got to... I, don't, I generally don't mind the three to five year thing, pause. I don't, I, I, I don't mind that they've got that. I just, I, 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 can, I, can, I, can, I can take what he means and... You know, bringing people, people are fed up of the last three years, so they've got just got to be a little bit more careful in, in the way that word. People are, uh, you know, sort of close to boiling point all the time because everything's just been crap for so long, and it doesn't take much to get an explosion, does it? At the moment within fan base, and, and little things like that can can just tip people tip people over the edge. The actual process of it, buying a player, training him up, selling him on, buying another couple, training them up. Find another three. It actually does make sense, but I think the problem is, Matt, as you've just said, there's no trust in the recruitment. Can I, can I tell you something that somebody mentioned to me earlier as well? And I thought, oh god, yeah, uh, Lewis O'Brien, because he came through the academy. If we if we sell him for big money in the summer and it's spread over X amount of years, because he'll have gone down as zero on the balance sheet because he's come through the academy. The first, guess what? The first <laughs> payment will go towards. Go on. Tax like Philip no, Billing. <laughs> so so that, that you know, that's the kind of things that football fans don't want to hear about, isn't it? You know, that kind of no, thing. But, but you know, but they tell you the honest thing, and then they go, No, I don't want to. And, and yeah, it's it's just about trying to find that happy medium, which which Dean nailed time and time again, really, didn't I he? I think sometimes with Dean though, I think he just 
he said things that people wanted to hear. So whereas Probably. I don't think the current setup has that ability to, to manipulate the fan base, if you want, for want of a better word. I think Dean were very, after the event, put made him and the club always look in the right. Whereas I think at the moment we're, we're, we're the other way almost with, with the club and the people involved mm-hmm. are pointing the arrows directly back at them rather than firing the bullets away, if that makes sense. Um, the expectations have changed as far as it was. That we kind of, yeah, definitely. Probably was a dream and arguably is a dream again now, but, but kind of having been there and tasted it, and then we promised certain things, legacies around the training ground, etc. But then that not to come to fruition the way we expected. I think kind of people's yeah, people's expectations are slightly different under this regime. Uh, I want to read out some comments because there's some good ones uh, coming through uh, as well. Uh, Dan Peckett says, as someone who's born and raised in Coventry, I've seen what happens to clubs who around who are around the championship with zero plan or ambition. They fell and fell ugly. We have to be careful. Uh, Dag Barnett, one of my favourites on Down the Max, says, uh, belief costs absolutely nothing. I can live with a prudent approach, uh, but have some semblance of hope. The club has a negative mindset. The fans are treated like clueless increase. It's not good enough. And I, f- I feel that. Um, JH7 says, Cozzy, why doesn't PH just come out and say, listen, my ego was and is bigger than my wallet and I've effed up. I should not have bought the club. <laughs> Phil's not going to say that, is he? Oh, yeah. We get Phil on here again, no problem. But it's like what you, you kind of said there, Si, what you'll say pretty much as this statement that's been released and then people will make their own conclusions. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. What can you say, man? It's uh, yeah. Just to finish that, Chris Green says he can't trust the recruitment team as far as he could throw them. I've seen your arms, Chris. You're not throwing anyone far, mate. So there we go. Little little razzling for Chris Green. What about that I follow thing? So again, that was another thing that would would try to be covered up and that as well. But let me just yeah. This is that was bad, wasn't it? And you were bad and DTS got well. Basically, I'll, I'll always try and stick up for the club where I can, but I have absolutely no uh, no argument for the to to help. The club in this because it's yeah. it's it's what, this? What, what was this about? So basically, people had free eye follow for pretty much all the seasons. Well, eighty percent. They were allowed to defer the season cards, and they got eye follow anyway for the inconvenience. Was that was that it? Yeah, pretty much. And, and there's there's eleven thousand of us. I've got three season cards. My my three year old son does not use eye follow, but I've, you know, I could have I could have defer. You know, now I'm sat there going, I should Just have deferred that, two season cards. It'd have saved me three hundred quid. Just on that, we, as you know, the I think it's mentioned in a minute, it might have been mentioned somewhere else, Matt, that it came out that there were a meeting and there were members of Cowshed Loyal present, and I were one of those. And I think that actually, what's actually happened there has got misconstrued. Um, good, good, good. good, good. Wanna, I don't want to do the whole Reese Dinsdale and not break any confidence and stuff like that, but from what I understand from what was said, that were done on a, on a very limited individual case by case basis it weren't an it weren't an option that was available to everybody that didn't publish as it may have been originally um thought of what, what were the individual cases then were they mates of well, people who worked there or what what's the <laughs> you know <laughs> just they didn't go into into specific details but hmm. you know it weren't it's not like that were an option that they just didn't tell anybody about it were I'm sure people can probably think of things that may have led people to be able to, you know, get a, get a, get a, a deferral on on a. Yeah, do you know? I, I don't know the individual cases, so you know, probably best not to not to you comment. Know, but from what from what it was worded, from what it was worded, it it, it 
from what we saw, it felt like people had deferred season cards and then got iFollow, which would have been wrong. But if the if there's something behind that which is completely different, then okay. That, that, that definitely did happen and some people that has happened to, but I don't think it were... Quite as cynical as, as that, a yeah. cynical attempt. To okay, that's fine. Uh, but again, that should be communicated as well. That that that's what it is, not just hidden away in minutes that you know don't make any sense. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Cos, do you want to continue to go? So we, we look at the ATT stuff, and I'm aware of the time as well. Uh, the the fan engagement, you know, the club have made an attempt to send out the the monthly updates. To be honest, a lot of the time there's not a lot to say. I don't think at a football club, and you know, and there's certainly nothing that winning a few games wouldn't make people happier with for sure. I think winning games is pretty much the source of the frustration, if I'm honest, because we've, we've, where are we bottom of 92 clubs for not winning in the last three years or something? I, I don't, you it, through that it's TSA and Uddersfield Town are meant to be one, aren't they? We're meant to be linked together. They're HTSA represent Uddersfield Town. Why aren't they just linking the minutes to the, to the website instead of putting out the gash that they expect us to believe? Be honest with us. Don't treat us like mugs. That was said in the minute meeting. The HTSA Twitter kind of just put it out like they do every meeting. Put that on the website. That's the truth. We want to see it. Don't treat us like idiots. Same with your reports that we get in when we lose at Fleetwood. And we, what was that one last week, Matt? Uh, site were like it were like laser quest or something. What were we were concentrating on? What <laughs> what it? What were the exact quote when we got beat by Grimsby or something? It was pathetic. Just don't treat us like mugs. Same with the Instagram last night. We lost. You know, you put, you'd be quick to put on a 3-0 Norwich, you know, if we'd have won there. They couldn't even put the score. Don't take your bat and ball home just because the chips are down. Be honest with us. Be consistent with us. And don't treat us like mugs. They're going to have... A, I mean, another thing, Matt, I suppose, to kind of throw it in. When the hell are we going to get the season cards announced? Didn't they say in here? They don't even know, do they? Uh, I think Mark Devlin said in the... the oh, we're going to throw in the, the bit about the Facebook interview Mark Devlin did. So, um, well done to Phil Spate and Mark Overend for organising that. Um interview with Mark Devlin as well that went on Facebook. And I think Mark said in the, say Mark, I don't know him personally to call him Mark, but I, th- I think he said mid-April was uh, when they hoped to get something out about that on the... Uh, that either way, man, that. I think I think they might be waiting to see what division we're in before <laughs> announcing <laughs> what's going on. So who knows, maybe May at this rate. <laughs> so it's be up, they can't win with this announcement because... Yeah. People like me on, and everyone else who's kind of got one for this season who got nothing, and then there's yeah. going to be people like they've got to put them up. But unless they give the season card holders some back, I just wonder whether we might get it. I don't know. It's they, they, I don't envy them. I don't know. I I'd, I'll, I'll be honest. If if they kept it for two fifty for everyone, I, I, even though I paid last year and kept it in, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. To be honest, but I appreciate I might be in the in the minority, but I wouldn't have an issue if everyone else was two fifty. I was going to say two two fifty for everyone in a free kit for anyone who had one last year. So effectively, you've got it for two hundred or, or a shop voucher or something. That yeah, it would have to be a shop. Yeah. I've I've got no issue if they keep it two fifty because at the end of the day, we need as many people in there as possible. And you know, they can't put it up, can they? Let's be fair. No, I think that might be why the delay is. I've got a feeling that that might be why there's a bit of a delay. I think that maybe we're going to put it up, and the reaction to that potentially happening wasn't positive you know in social media so i think maybe they've gone back to the drawing board a little bit and just might be Some thinking have a spreadsheet on go out the with figures and that. yeah i'm sure, I'm sure. make it make it balanced yeah. it's, okay, it's probably one for another podcast because we've kind of covered it but i just wonder what carlos's remit was at the start of the season what were your objectives 
What it's so I don't think he had any. I, d- I think I think I think it was essentially just don't get relegated and let's just see improvement in players. That's that's all I think it was. I suppose it's one for the review show, isn't it? But it's, I just yeah. think these last. I know it's an obvious thing. Anything to say, could, a lot of things could happen between now and then. So. Matt, we need a big running, not just to because I think we'll stop up. I mean, obviously, sat this huge, but we need a big running. We need to win a lot of these games. Is that how many got left? Is it eight? Is it? Was it seven? Seven or eight? Yeah. I think. I don't we know. Where's Brady? Five. Brady, no. no. <laughs> Honestly, this could be really big if we have a, a nice, you know, finish to the season and then kind of a bit of optimism season cards. I, I think not just, you know, a bit win against Rotherham and then lose the next five. Bristol City, another one. Nigel Pearson's took over. They have won a game. Absolute stinking. I think they've lost the last seven home games, bizarrely. It's some weird. I know COVID football's different, but I, I just think it's so important for us as a fan base and club to... We've got seven left. Most have got six because we've got the Bournemouth game. You know, that needs to be replayed because of the FA Cup. I know Wednesday won, but I still think they're done. Do you? Have you looked at their fixtures? They've got Bristol City and a few others that are a bit like Bristol City at the minute. So I looked, you look at Sheffield Wednesday and they're not done just yet. And Birmingham are are fighting a little bit under Lee Boyer as well. Rotherham, I I think if we beat Rotherham, I think that'll be them done. We um, watched but, that game on Monday and they they were it wasn't a three nil, was it? No, but, the, I watched them against Millwall for a bit as well, and they genuinely were the better team in both games. They've just been very unlucky. And I think town obviously we've got the preview show coming out Thursday night. Um but we we do need to watch them. They're not they're not they haven't uh, pulled up the sticks yet, brother. I've got a prediction for Saturday, guys. Here we go. Ex Miller ready to stick it up him. Ishmael. The line, dodgy Tash, leading the line. Danny Ward's first goal Saturday. Huddersfield Town. Guys, get on him. You know it. Campbell will start for sure, won't you now? <laughs> Danny Ward probably won't come on. Um, yeah. Is there anything else in the ATT that stuck out for you then, Cosy, apart from the three three to five? Yeah, there's the, obviously there's the other thing about Huddersfield Town will be taking control. I think I'm, I might be getting a bit blurred now with the, the Facebook interview, but there was... Um, news that Huddersfield Town later on this year will be taking over uh, the stadium, you know, sort of running of the stadium if you like. So KSDL seem like they've gone bust. I think there's 9 million worth of repairs needed on the stadium or upgrades or something. Uh, there's um, quite a lot. I thought we spent a lot of money on stadium when we got to Premier League. Yeah, I did, but I don't, I don't know. I might, I might have got that wrong, but there seems to be a lot of money that needs to be done on repairs. I don't know where that's going to come from. Um how do you Blame feel about you. that? Because, Kaza, you you rather like KSDL or liked them, didn't you? Mate, the thing is, if you're getting a train from like Uddersfield to Jews or whatever, you look at our stadium or you even see it. I was, I was walking over there by Pete District, you could see it and it looked, you think that looks good. When you get near it, it you can see it's not drop it a bit, but it needs a lot of kind of work doing on it and that as well. And uh, when you I see it. seen it for a year. No, it's, uh, I think, I think the good thing is that we need. Is talking to maybe getting a, a fans bar, this, that, and the other, and, and creating something. And I know it's it's one for another pod, isn't it, really? But you know, the fans are I think that's another thing where there's like the disconnection has started. I think a lot of people did feel that connection with the canal side, the fan park, and it makes me laugh what they kind of they put it behind their way, and it's not the same, it's not a really a fan zone, and that that stuff that was massive <laughs> yeah, in our front of being a you know. Uh, uh, I think I think Mark Devlin mentioned in that Facebook interview that uh, is it Green King that do rope walk? I don't think they're returning, so that 
might be an empty space. So there might be something that they could do with the road pork as well. So I don't know how I feel about a fan zone being inside, but there's, there's certainly something they could do there for supporters. Um, I think he mentioned something about pouring rights. Cause obviously, um, I'd, you know, I, I like going to magic rocker, our sponsors, but even if they weren't our sponsors, you know, they, they, for me do the best, best, be, you know, best ales in, in Huddersfield. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to be able to have one or two pots of that, you know, in and around the stadium or at magic rock, that would be ideal. But I think there are some issues around pouring rights and Heineken have, have got them. Um, so, you know, pints of John Smith's it might be, but I think if it's going to be a success, I think they might just need to deviate a bit further away from Foster's and John Smith's because, I've missed it after all we've said tonight. It's been a downbeat podcast. I just can't wait to get back in. I'm so excited to click through that turnstile again. And I fancy an away day more than a home game. I genuinely do. Oh. I fancy an away. I was saying to pause earlier when I quite fancy an away game and seeing Dale Marsden giving him some jip and uh, <laughs> the new daddy, yeah. the new dad. Yeah, yeah. Congrats, Dale. I don't think he listens anymore, but congrats anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, the, the only other thing I've got really on the agenda was um, that, you know, fair play to Mike Devlin for doing that Facebook interview. Well done to uh, Phil and uh, Phil and Mark. Good stuff. Uh, the Daily Mail report, financial Armageddon, 10 sides, you know, big headline, you know, across, oh, yeah. across the Daily Mail, financial Armageddon, 10 sides were given a temporary transfer embargo due to the government and a penalty fine. Is this not a bit of a piss take from the AFL fining, you know, when, the government guidelines stipulated that all companies, including football clubs, could extend the deadline by three months for company accounts. And 10 clubs have taken that. And then the AFL have gone, do? Do nah. Know who else? Do you know who else didn't file their accounts, Matt? EFL. Uh, EFL. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. For doing something that they have not done. And it's absolutely a load of guff what Daily Mail have printed because it makes absolutely no difference. The only reason why we've had the transfer embargo is because the EFL didn't update their rules to match what's yep. been put in government. And know, apparently this ha- this is quite a frequent occurrence as well that people are putting temporary embargoes with the mispayments and all sorts. So it was pretty much sensationalised when it was all a bit of, bit of nothing really. Um, it was but- interesting that Luton put, a, sorry to, just to cut you off there, Matt, that Luton actually Put an article on their website to, yeah. to basically explain. I don't think Coventry, yeah. And I think Coventry did as well, yeah. Um, because that that stupid headline, could, you know what town fans are like anyway with money situation and all that. That could kick off quite a lot of stuff. And it's interesting that town, unless it comes in the monthly update, to you know suggest just to explain what that is. Because you read that headline, headline and you start to panic, don't you? Yeah, I just I think to be honest, Rick Parry's been a bit of a class A phallus throughout this pandemic as well, with his you know, the way he wanted to cozy up to the Premier League and give them full control of, you know, who does what. I just I, I don't think he's fit for purpose for the job, uh, in all honesty. But, you know, um we'll see we'll see where where he goes from that. That's that's about all I have on this agenda. Cause you're like you're dying to say me, something. Uh Frank Worthington. Uh of course, yeah. Usually sad uh you know, lost for Huddersfield Town and what a character he was. I mean let's uh, let's talk about Frank and some of the best best memories. Derek Hawksworth as well has also also sadly passed away. Derek uh, played for Huddersfield, I think, in the nineteen forties. Um and also Sheffield United and you know, but you know, so condolences to to his family. But Frank Worthington is one that I think we all remember more because he was more visible around the club. Uh 
I'll go. I'll go first, cause sorry on this one. And I remember as a as a young as a kid watching the final whistle video, and it was all as 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 like a twelve. Oh, what was it? Sort of thirteen, maybe. As a, as a thirteen year old watching that, all the twenties and thirties and forties stuff was was good, but it got really cool when it was Frank Worthington narrating it. You know, and he was gr- he was brilliant on this video. You know, and he's he's talking about all the good times in the seventies. You see this for the first time. You see proper footage on that video, and Frank's you know a complete star with you know Jimmy Lawson, Jimmy Nicholson, Trevor Cherry. You know, what a sight! Ian Greaves, and then you see them all at Johnny's nightclub and some of the stories, and then. You look a bit more into Frank and, you know, you look at some of the stories from how he failed his Liverpool medical and the guy is just an absolute character who lived life to the max. And you could be forgiven for thinking, you know, because of his, you know, how he lived his life, he might be a bit of a a cad, shall we say, but not at all. This, he was such a smashing bloke, you know, in and around everywhere. And I always remember him coming on at half time to take penalties at Leeds Road against Joe Corrigan. Joe Corrigan always used to save them. It was it was really funny. And Frank, he always used to have a bit of back and forth with the cow shed and stuff. And it really happy memories. And my happiest memory of Frank Worthington is in that 2004 All-Stars game, you know, where Jacko and Terry Yorath came back and it was organized by, I think it was the uh, HTSA maybe, and the, the funding to get enough money to try and see us through 24 hours before Ken Davy bought us. And, and I remember a story, someone telling me about Frank Worthington, how I think he might have been late. But he, he came up in his car, got changed in his car, ran down through the ground, and then all of a sudden appeared at the side of the pitch and he did a couple of kick-ups in the car park, apparently, to warm up, ran to the pitch and kind of said, right, I'm ready, put me on. And the game was a little bit boring. It was all just kind of like, nicey, you pass to me, you pass to you, and Darren Bullock and everything. And it was all quite nice, but there was no no well, sort of like, you know, it was just a nice little training exercise. And then Frank Worthington came on. I remember him doing some kick-ups catching the ball on the back of his head and running the length of the field with it, you know, crouched over on the back of his head. And, and you know, Phil Senior, what an absolute whopper he is for having the audacity to save Frank's penalty in that game. Who who does that, Phil? Come on. And, um, but yeah, what an absolute, what does Phil Town legend? And I'm, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too much with some stuff, but I'm, I'm talking to uh, HTSA about some things about how we can maybe do a bit more for, you know, legends like Frank and, and hopefully we can, we can have something to uh, to talk about going forward of how you know Huddersfield Town looks at you know, players of the past and uh, and uh, there's a project coming soon. So um, Frank Worthing and Huddersfield Town legend, rest in peace. Yeah. Iconic. Uh, I think Ian Greaves called him the uh, working class George Best, which I think is perfect. Yeah. Big sideboards, obviously, uh, just be kind of before my time at Town, but. It's where it all started, didn't it? And oh, you give that, cause I reckon you were there, sixty-nine, sort of cow shed. Yeah, I haven't had my job yet. I'm not that old, so anyway. <laughs> but it, I think what I, if if you want to be a footballer for any Huddersfield Town fan, a Frank Worthing video, man, wasn't it? Just like flair. He had the women. He had the drink. He had the gift of the gab. My uh, friends like a, a social. She's a manager of all the social stuff at Leeds United, and Frank obviously did played for there only a season, but. She said that anytime Frank Worthington were like in doing these stuff, like the pre-match stuff, or in a, the players used to go absolutely wild because he was such a character. And uh, anytime I just remember like my early kind of days following Town away, Frank just seemed to be doing halftime jobs because he played for that many clubs. Have you seen him? He played for you know, they <laughs> games at Geisley. But all I ever heard was, oh, Frankie, Frankie. I remember we were at Bolton in a game because obviously we're a god there in their eyes. 
fucking with it. And it was just like echoing around. And that goal that was just being replayed to death and rightly so for uh, Bolton oh, put it against Leicester when he flicked it over his head and like followed it in and arm up in the air, big sideboards down and that as well. And then there's that goal for us, I think, one against Arsenal, I think it was, where Kalshian going absolutely wild. And honestly, it's so sad and, you know, the thing, he smiled though when you hear those stories, don't you? Because because I, I read something that I think Henry Winter did, and they were on about how Don Revy wanted to send him on from turning up for England because he turned up as the rhinestone cowboy, and you just think <laughs> absolutely yeah. amazing, you know, the, some of the the stuff. It's obviously what, what that I've probably done more than Frank because he only started and obviously went on, and a lot of people said he should have got a lot more caps in England. But the thing I just remember, whenever it don't matter whether you saw him on like on the pitch or on the halftime or old footage, you just have a smile on your face because the guy. It just, I just love him. I love characters in life, not just football. And he was one of them. And such a huge uh, miss. That when it were announced, I remember being on Sky Sports News, just kind of running in the background. They just come on the bottom in that black tick. And my heart just sunk us. He, like, Huddersfield Town, he was just iconic, man. And uh, it's such a sad uh, time. And yeah, it's condolences to all his family. It'd be nice if the club, I don't know, I know other clubs have got like museums, etc. But one day, maybe if we take the stadium over, like, sounds like we're going to. We could have a little bit of a because there's so much history that our club has. Let's hope that it's uh, yeah, we should celebrate it more as well. 100%. Uh, but yeah, no, what a guy. You guys, do you guys want to echo anything? I mean, I kind of completely kind of um share all your sentiments, really. Kind of a sad day, um, for the football club and the football community at large, really. Um, you two probably know much more about kind of Frank Wavington's time and Huddersfield time than what I do, but. What I would say is it's quite evident watching the clips back and such that it was a real character. And I think football, kind of all sport, needs characters, really. Um, there's probably not that many around anymore. Um, and actually, kind of, you don't necessarily always need to be the best player, but kind of to be a really good character who someone can relate to and, and kind of puts a smile on people's faces is sometimes worth much more than what you can deliver on the football field. And I think Frank Worthington, from what I can see, kind of had that in abundance. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, never saw him play or anything like that myself, but uh, he was my dad's favourite player. And the thing that stick out in my mind, he always used to get work. When they introduced players' names on back of the shirts, he always used to get Worthington nine. You know, and as a kid, you're like, Dad, what are you getting that one there for? You, you know, <laughs> stop embarrassing me. And he'd, he'd randomly do the old Frankie, 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 Frankie Worthington song in the middle of a pub. And, you know, as a kid, you start cringing, but all, everyone would join in and... I think he, as someone who obviously never saw him play and stuff like that, it's nice to to hear, you know, I know you guys didn't see him play and stuff like that, but to all be able to chat about him and listen to stories and, you know, you don't get you don't get characters like that these days, do you? Because it's all... Won't be allowed. They won't be allowed to be characters You know, and stuff like that, which, you know, sometimes is, the, you know, you, you can't even say that the quality has increased because of that, because players like Worthington and, you know, Georgie Best and stuff like that, they were, they were, they were great players. Part. And say it again, mate. These guys used to get kicked and battered, mate. Not like protection now when someone goes down, they get yellows and reds. No. They were booting them and they still used to just skip past guys, man. Yeah, they're the, the sort of players. I think there were a picture, weren't there? We were in the not ball and George Best is just in background. I always, again, my dad used to, to bang on about George Best and he was, you are you, you saw a town play Man United, dad. But yeah, that, that must have been amazing. That must have been amazing. And then, you know, we've seen that now as, you know, my kids have seen that. And it just it's amazing how the footballing circle just continually turns, isn't it? And, you know, again, that sometimes just to try and end on a little bit of a positive as as, 
as bad and as desperate as town seem to be now in 20 years or three to five, if you believe the, uh, the plan, <laughs> you know, we, could so, yeah. we could just be back there, couldn't we? And you get right, you get like we are now, you get it up and you get mad with it all, but you don't know what might happen in future and we might be back there and, you know, we might have to go down and down again before we even, you know, start to climb back up. But isn't it great that we have such a great history at Huddersfield Town and I think because it's it nail on the head there, if we do get somewhere at the stadium and HTSA can have something where we can actually, you know, celebrate our success as a, as a football club. Because although, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Huddersfield Town, little small club and all that. Look, look back Not at... Not really, is it? No, you look back at the trophies, you know, we're, we're up there. I think, you know, we're, if you... To point them up. We're not. We're not too far down. Look, in 2017, we we saw what this club could be, and I think some and hope and you hope to think that people do see what this football club could be. And you look back at 69, 70 when Frank was there, and again you can see what the football club was. And yeah, I I, I don't see why. Like you say, things things are very cyclical, and um, and and but I, th- I think one thing's for sure. I'm not sure we're going to see another Frank Worthington game, but you know, no, I think I anybody hope. anybody half that will that will do for me. If we do have a museum, I want that Yorks Electricity Cup we won against Old Man. Right up place. <laughs> Simon Trevitt lifting it or something. Yeah. Give it a little rub when you go in. <laughs> Didn't do this Scott winner, did it? I can't remember that, but yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So I think that's it, guys, isn't it? So thank you very much to everybody who's watched online. Just on Frank Worthington as well. Um, Martin Sykes wrote a really nice article on on Frank as well. So have a check at HTFC reports for what Martin wrote and uh, and uh, HTSA released something on Frank as well. So check out the HTSA website. It's worth worth looking at. And, uh, you know, thanks to the uh, 35 that's still watching us online. Um, Two will win Saturday, Danny Ward's winner. Because he's called <laughs> it now. So uh, I was going to say, keep an eye out for the, the preview show, which should drop as well Thursday night, Friday morning time. So uh, thanks for bearing with us. Sorry it was a little bit negative, but, you know, you can only smile so much. Uh, it's like that meme, isn't it? You know, with the, the crying eyes behind the smiley face you know, after a 7-0 defeat, isn't it? So uh, thanks for everyone for, for being patient with us and uh, letting us moan and sulk tonight. So um, all the best, everyone. And hopefully here's to uh, to three points uh, or six points next week. It's another double game week, isn't it? Because Bournemouth. So we'll be back after the Bournemouth game live Wednesday. Uh, no, with live. Wednesday. Wednesday is it Wednesday? Oh, yeah, you've, you've moved it, haven't you? Because you're on some cricket scoring course, aren't you? Yeah, so. Cricket season starts tomorrow. <laughs> Snow in sport. That might yeah. Next that, Wednesday. That could against Bournemouth. That could oh, dude. If, <laughs> Billing, you imagine you if he gets lost. three. <laughs> anyway, Billy, thanks everyone, and uh, we'll catch you uh, next week. And and Cosy wants to sing us out. Billy, Billy. But he didn't have sight
like Frank's Who needs cars and cash When you got a big mustache Oh, bless my soul Frank Worthington Swing it, Frank TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.